Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Good morning. I read a scripture not long ago. It says, together we have shared in the blessings of Yahweh. And that's the way I feel today. I feel that even though, as he said in his prayer, give us courage so that we can we can be strong in the times of trouble. And I feel like that uh, I have been encouraged by y'all's courage and your fortitude. And uh, it's just, it is, you know, sorrows are halved when you have someone to hold your hand, as it were. So I'm very thankful for each and every one of you that are here today and and the contribution that you make to our assembly and the wellness and the wholeness of our assembly. I wanted to speak today, and this will be a two-part thing, so I won't try to push all of this into one, but it's uh, Jerusalem and Yahweh's love for it. The city of Jerusalem, or as uh, sometimes it's uh, the temple was built on Mount Moriah. Also, sometimes it's called Zion. And technically, someone has told me, and I haven't studied it for myself, I'm not certain about this, but they told me that Zion and, uh, and Jerusalem, even though they're in the same place, are exactly not the same thing. And so I understand that, but it's like uh, we can call our nation the USA, or we could call it uh, our nation. You know, I think that those things are compatible. And so I think that uh, when the Bible refers to Zion, it also refers to Jerusalem. But Jerusalem, you know, Yahweh has great plans for Jerusalem. And uh, at some point in the future, Jerusalem will be the capital city of the entire world. You know, now we have many capital cities of the different countries in our, that are in the world. And I think there's over 200 countries in the, in the United States not in the United States, in the world. And uh, we may have that many in the United States as much fussing as goes on, but we are looking forward to that time when uh, they will be one capital and it will be in Jerusalem. And uh, Jerusalem has been called many things. It's been called Zion, the city of David, Salem, the city of Elohim, the city of the great king, the city of Judah, the perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth, the throne of Yahweh, the holy mountain, it's also called the holy city, it's called the city of truth. Yahweh's own righteousness. And of course, uh, we know that in, in Revelation it's called New Jerusalem. The, the, and it won't be the same city as we know today. 
But it will be called the new Jerusalem that comes down as a jewel. Uh, you know, the, the city is not mentioned in Jerusalem, but that area is first mentioned in Genesis 14 and 18 as the Valley of the Kings. You remember when Abraham went and restored the, the belongings to the king of Sodom and also to Lot, his nephew, and uh, he sent his men and they brought back the what had been stolen from them. And then uh, Joshua, when he came into the land with the people, uh, he got the king of Jerusalem, uh, made allies with some other people and came and made war with the people of Israel and they defeated them. And Joshua killed the king of Jerusalem, but did not take the city of Jerusalem at that time. And so we find then in Second Samuel chapter 5 and verse 6 and 7, it says, And David and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here. They said some other things, and they kind of taunted him. And uh, nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. So from that point forward, it's also been known as the city of David. In First Chronicles 22 and 1, Then David said, Here shall be the house of Yahweh, and here the altar of burnt offering for Israel. There's an interesting story there of old Ornan uh, that sold him that site. You remember that uh, David asked uh, his people to number the people so he would know how strong his nation was. And Yahweh was quite offended by that because Yahweh was the strength of that nation. And he didn't appreciate David numbering the people and he poured out a plague upon the people. And so he went, and uh, I think it, it's in the Second Samuel, the last chapter of Second Samuel, Samuel 24, I believe it is. In this account, in the account in Kings, it, it calls him Onan, but here it, he must have had more than one name because it was uh, the threshing floor of Aranah, the Jebusite. And so he wanted, David wanted to make a sacrifice to Yahweh and to appease Yahweh and to, to make atone for the sin that he had committed. It's interesting in verse 23. Uh, let's begin with verse 22. Or maybe 21. And Aaron I said, why has my master the king come to the, his servant? David said, To buy the threshing floor of you in order to build an altar to Yahweh that the plague may be averted from the people. Then Aronah said to David, Let my master the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing sledges and the yoke of oxen for the wood. All this, O king, 
are not gifts to the king. And he said to the king, Yahweh your Elohim accept you. But David said to Aaron, No, but I will buy it of you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to Yahweh my Elohim, which costs me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen. And in the other account, First Chronicles 21 24, it says for 600 shekels of gold, which I, I suspect would be a more proper price. Here it says 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to Yahweh and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And Yahweh heeded the supplication for the land, and the plague was averted from Israel. I find two things interesting here. One is that this man, he was a Jebusite, and, but he was willing to give this quite, probably quite a bit of what he owned. I don't know that, but I assume that. Quite a bit of what he owned, he was willing to give it all. And, of course, David was a wealthy man at this point in time. And uh, he pointed out to Aronai that I will not offer burnt offerings to Yahweh my El, which cost me nothing. And I think that that might be something we could consider. We should not come before Yahweh empty-handed when we, even when we offered him a praise of our, of our lips. And uh, we should not offer offerings to Yahweh that cost us nothing. But anyway, that is the is where the temple, you know, this it's the very wherever the temple mount is. You know, there's some discrepancies. Some people claim it's one place, some the other place. Uh, but it's. Wherever it is in Jerusalem, that's what David bought at that point in time. And the the uh, it's also a Jewish legend that that is also the place where Abraham was in the process of offering Isaac as a sacrifice, and the angel stayed his hand. And I don't think that that is a biblical uh, idea, but it is a it is the tradition that they have and uh, so anyway in First Chronicles records in chapter 22 if you want to turn there chapter 22 of, in verse 1 it says then David said here shall be the house of Yahweh and here the altar of burnt offerings for Israel and according to, if the 600 shekels of gold was what he paid, well, he would have paid approximately $370,000 in today's terms for that threshing floor and the oxen and the land that surrounded it. In First Chronicles 23 and 25, for David said, Yahweh, the El of Israel, has given peace to his people and he dwells in Jerusalem forever. I would like for you to think about what that says there, and he dwells in Jerusalem forever. We find that statement 
made many more times than you would first think, or maybe not you, maybe I'm speaking for myself. Uh, as I began to study this some years ago, I began to realize that Yahweh has promised to live in Jerusalem with his people. And he says that many places, but this was one place that I noticed that I had never seen before. And then we move on to David's son, and it says in the uh, Second Chronicles 3 and 1, verses 1 and 2, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign, in the second month, he began to build the temple. And uh, I'd like to turn and read from Second Chronicles chapter 6. That be chapter 6 and verse 3. Then the king, this was uh, Solomon as he was blessing, this was after he had completed the temple, and he was blessing the temple and the people that had come up to worship at this brand new temple that they had dedicated to Yahweh. It was a dedication ceremony for the temple. Then the king faced about and blessed all the assembly of Israel. While all the assembly of Israel stood, and he said, Blessed be Yahweh, the El of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I, I choose no city in all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there, and I chose no man as prince over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name may be here. And I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now if it were in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of Yahweh, the El of Israel. And the story goes on. And I, If you would read that chapter for yourself maybe this week the 6th chapter and uh, it's also recorded in 2nd Kings but it's I, I just wrote I just kind of counted through here you might come up with a different number but I counted I think it was 20 if I can find my note here I counted 12 times that it says here that he wanted to build a house for my name or he wanted to uh, do something to uh, express his name or to, for the people to know his name. But in this one chapter, it, it speaks of his name uh, 12 different times and maybe more than that, but that's what I counted. I might have missed one or two. Then in Second Chronicles chapter 33, it says, Yahweh said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. We're going to read in a little bit some of, that Yahweh 
destroyed very much of the city of Jerusalem or had an army come up and destroy that city. And so, you know, you might wonder how would that be if he wanted to put his name there forever, but he, the people had done things that, he, that Yahweh punished them for. And the, the best part of what we're going to read about Jerusalem is going to be in the second portion of this. And uh, we'll, so just keep that in mind that he hadn't, he hadn't forgot his people just because he let an army come up and destroy the temple and also the complete city. That was in uh, well, 586 B.C. that it was destroyed by the Babylonians and the people were taken into captive. And that was a really sad time, but just notice here that he said, I will put my name there forever. And so that does not mean that he still don't have his eye on Jerusalem. Psalms 102, verse 21 and 22 says that men may declare in Zion the name of Yahweh and in Jerusalem his praise when people gather together to worship Yahweh. Something that I I knew but I know it better now after I read through some of these things is that you know, Yahweh's people, he wants them to be known by his name. He wants the whole world to understand that his people have his name. And his name is in, he wants everybody to know also that Jerusalem is the city of the great, the great king, or Yahweh himself. I'm going to read from Psalms, the 122nd Psalm. this whole chapter it's not long I was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of Yahweh our feet have been standing within your gates O Jerusalem Jerusalem built as a city which is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up the tribes of Yahweh as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of Yahweh their thrones for judgment were set the thrones of the house of David Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of Yahweh our El, I will seek your good. That verse 6 is quite interesting. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Now, it seems to me there's a blessing in there if you would if you love the city of Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem. Read also one twenty eight and I'll just read verses five and six. Yahweh bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Psalm 135 and 19. 
O house of Israel, bless Yahweh. O house of Aaron, bless Yahweh. O house of Levi, bless Yahweh. You that fear Yahweh, bless Yahweh. Blessed be Yahweh from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise Yahweh. Verse 21, blessed be Yahweh from Zion. You know, many times you meet someone, one of the questions if you're just making talk, you ask them, where are you from? (laughs) Well, Yahweh said that he's from Zion. And that's kind of an interesting uh, aside there. It also says, uh, Blessed is Yahweh from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. One forty seven, one through three. Praise Yahweh, for it is good to sing praises to our El, for he is gracious and a song of praise is proper. Yahweh builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know, but next go to Isaiah chapter 33. We'll begin with verse 20. 33 and 20. Look upon Zion, the city of our appointed feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation and immovable tent, whose stakes will never be plucked up, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there Yahweh in in majesty will be for us. And I think this is a future prophecy because, uh, as we know, the cords were broken and they were plucked up. And I think this is speaking of a time yet future from now. Once he sets up his rule on planet Earth, then that will be the time that this will never again be a problem of having a a nation that does not regard Yahweh. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 24. Thus says Yahweh, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am Yahweh, who made all things, who stretched out the heavens alone, who spread out the earth by myself, who frustrates the omens of liars and makes the fools of diviners, who turns wise men back and makes their knowledge foolish, who confirms the word of his servants and performs the counsel of his messengers. Who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Judea, of Judah, they shall be built, and I will raise up their ruins. And in the days of Isaiah, if it was uh, that was 
it was at the end of his uh, ministry that the nation became insolvent and uh, they, they were not a, a, a sovereign nation any longer. And so this is a prophecy of what will, that he would build them back even though they were going to be destroyed. Isaiah 52, and we're going to read 1 through 3. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city, for there shall no more come into... For there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, O captive Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus says Yahweh, you were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. And that brings to mind what uh, Peter, First Peter, what he wrote. I believe it's in the first chapter in verse 18. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Messiah, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Isaiah 64 and 9. Give me verse 8, 64 and verse 8. Yet, Yahweh, thou art our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of thy hand. Be not exceedingly angry, O Yahweh, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, consider, we are all thy people. The holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised thee has been burned by fire has been burned by fire and all our pleasant places have become ruins you know in verse 11 he was speaking of the temple our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised thee has been burned by fire And so, if you turn to Lamentations, this is the Lamentations of Jeremiah. It's, there's a sadness to this chapter that's, you know, we've all, we've all known sadness, and we, but these were the people that had been a mighty people at one point in time. 
And before I read that, I'd like to go back. Let's see if I can find the abominations of Mas- Manasseh. I think it's in Second Chronicles chapter 33. This was Hezekiah's son. You know, Hezekiah was uh, was a very decent man, and he he did a lot of things right. He uh, got the priest back going and worked on the temple some, and uh, it was them that again did the Passover for the first time in many years and he had the book of the law read and so Hezekiah slept with his fathers and then his son Manasseh reigned in his stead and he started reigning when he was 12 years old and it could have been that he just uh, got off on the wrong foot but one of the problems was that he reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh according to the abominable practices of the nations whom Yahweh had drove out before the people of Israel. And his father had uh, pulled down a lot of the high places, broke them in pieces. But he rebuilt the high places which his father Hezekiah had broken down and erected altars to the Baals and made Asherah and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And this, in verse 4, this kind of tells you how far off the, out of the box that he got. And he built altars in the house of Yahweh, of which Yahweh had said, In Jerusalem, Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And you know, that is... That is Man, that would be a slap in the face of the most of the most large magnitude, it seems. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of Yahweh, and he burned his sons as an offering in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and practiced soothsaying and augury and sorcery and dealt with mediums and with wizards. He did did much evil in the sight of Yahweh, provoking him to anger. And the image of the idol which he had made, he set in the house of Yahweh, of which Yahweh said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. So he was desecrating the very spot that Yahweh had deemed as holy in the entire world. So that's why Yahweh was angry with his people. And this man's grandson was uh, Josiah. And he did all, he did, he tried to turn the whole kingdom around again. And I missed him the last time I spoke, but it's quite the story if you read in chapter 34 about Josiah. And, but he goes on. After that, after Josiah had died, uh, 
he says in one place for the for the sin of Manasseh I'm putting I'm taking this people into bondage and so that's what happened how they came to be uh, not that Manasseh was the only evil king they had many evil kings but he seemed to be the, the culminating factor so in La- Lamentations I'd like to read just some uh, scripture here and there from from this book in verse 1 it says how lonely sets the city which was full of people how like a widow has she become she that was great among the nations she that was a princess among the cities has become a vassal And in verse 3, Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations, but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for none come to the appointed feast. All her gates are desolate. Her priests groan. In verse 6, from the daughters of Zion has departed all her majesty. So when he was saying this, he was, uh, he was writing this as he was looking over the, the destruction of his city. You know, the, the temple had been torn down, burned and torn down. And the city wall had been torn down. All the, the great homes in the town was burned. And so it was just a desolate place. We'll read a little bit more about it in Nehemiah. When he returned 70 years later, it was so much junk in, in, the, in the city, on the roads and the streets of the city, that he couldn't even ride his donkey up through the, the city and all the places because of the, all the stones that had been cast down. And In verse 10 of uh, chapter 1, it says, speaking of, of Jerusalem, she has seen the nations invade her sanctuary. Remember we read in Isaiah about the sanctuary being burned with fire. And uh, in chapter 2, speaking of Yahweh, he said, He has broken down his booth like that of a garden, laid in ruins of the place of his appointed feast. Yahweh has brought an end in Zion, the appointed feast and Sabbath, and his fierce indignation has spurned king and priest. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has ruined and broken her bars. Her king and princes are among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets obtain no vision from Yahweh. O daughter of Jerusalem, how can I liken to you that I may comfort you? O virgin daughter of Zion, for vast is the sea, for vast as the sea is your ruin. Who can restore you? And then uh, I'm actually in chapter 2 and verse 15. In 
Is this the city which was called the perfection of beauty, the joy of all the earth? Cry aloud, this is 18, cry aloud to Yahweh, O daughter of Zion, let tears stream down like torrents day and night. And then in chapter 3, Jeremiah begins, he realizes that he's, you know, that that this is what they deserved, and he know, he knows that. But he also comes back to the theme that the scriptures always come back to. And in verse 22 of chapter 3, he said, The steadfast love of Yahweh never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Yahweh is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. Yahweh is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of Yahweh. Why should a living man complain, a man about the punishment of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways and return to Yahweh. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to Yahweh in heaven. And in chapter 4, he speaks in the first verse. He says, The holy stones lie scattered at the head of every street. There again, he was speaking of the temple being destroyed and all the stones just scattered uh, here and there. And in verse 9, it said, Happier were the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger who pined away, stricken by want of the fruit of the field. In verse 12 of chapter 4, it it speaks of the faded glory of the kingdom. It said, The kings of the earth did not believe, or any of the inhabitants of the world, that foe or enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. They had been, uh, you know, back in the days of Solomon, particularly in in the days of David, they had been a powerhouse, a military powerhouse, and nobody nobody messed with them. But as you see, that was not the case now. And then for a, a short reading here at the very end, in verse 18 of chapter 5, it said, For Mount Zion which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it, but thou, Yahweh, dost reign forever. Thy throne endures to all generations. Why dost thou not forget us forever? Why dost thou so long forsake us? Restore us to thyself, O Yahweh, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, or hast thou utterly rejected us? Art thou exceedingly angry with us? And he knew the answer to those questions, but he was asking 
in those last verses for mercy from Yahweh on high. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 9. And this takes place some 70 years later. I'll read chapter 9, 1 through 19. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by birth a Mede, who became king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years which, according to the word of Yahweh to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely seven years. Then I turned my face to Yahweh, seeking him by prayer and supplication, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to Yahweh my Elohim, and made confession, saying, O Yahweh, the great and terrible El, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from the commandments and ordinances. We have not listened to thy servant, the prophets, who spoke in thy name to our kings, our priests, and our fathers, and all the people of the land. To thee, O Yahweh, belongs righteousness, but to us confusion of faith as at this day. To the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those that are near and those that are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery which they have committed against thee. To us, O Yahweh, belongs confusion of faith, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To Yahweh our El belong mercy and forgiveness, because we have rebelled against him, and have not obeyed the voice of Yahweh our El by following his laws, which he set before us by his servants the prophets. All Israel has transgressed thy law, and turned aside, refusing to obey thy voice. And the curse and oath which was written in the law of Moses, the servant of Yahweh, have been poured out upon us, because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us, and against our rulers who ruled us, but bring upon us a great calamity, for under the whole heaven there has not been done the like of what has been done against Jerusalem. And as it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of Yahweh our El, turning from our iniquities and giving heed to thy truth. Therefore Yahweh has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For Yahweh our El is righteous in all the works which he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And he goes on down and, and does an eloquent, he was asking forgiveness not only for himself but for a nation. And uh, it was uh, he was asking that uh, Yahweh would remember his people and uh, and he did and he he brought them back to the land and so uh, 
Let's read Nehemiah chapter chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hilkalah. Now it happened in the month of Shev, in the twentieth year, as I was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with certain men out of Judah, and asked, and I asked them concerning the Jew, concerning the Jews that survived who had escaped exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, so to paint a little picture here, this is, uh, you know, some 70 years later after they had been brought to Babylon. They had lived there all this time. And I believe if you read this in the very beginning of chapter 2, he says, I was the cupbearer to the king. That was his job each day. And uh, so, but these these people came from Jerusalem probably came to trade or, or get goods there at, Bab- at Babylon. And so he asked them concerning his homeland, how is how is Jerusalem? I mean, how is it faring? The survivors there in the province who escaped exile are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and all its gates are destroyed by fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before Yahweh of heaven, and I said, O Yahweh, the Elohim of heaven, the great and wonderful Elohim who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let thy ear be attentive and thy eye open to hear the prayers of thy servant which I now pray before thee day and night. For the people of Israel, thy servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Yea, I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances which thou did command thy servant Moses. Remember the word which thou didst command thy servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you despise me under the furthest... Excuse me. Let me read that from verse 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though you dispersed be under the furthest skies... I will gather them thence and bring them to the place which I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. O Master, let thy ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who delight to fear thee. And give success to thy servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. 
And then uh, in the second chapter, I begin with verse 11. So he was a cupbearer, and the king gave him uh, the. He, he just said, "You can go, and you can do see what you can do to bring about some re- restoring of the kingdom." And so that's what that's what verse eleven picks up when he gets to Jerusalem. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. When I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. Now the reason they arose in the night because the nations around Jerusalem especially the Ammonites, did not appreciate them coming back and starting to rebuild their city. And they did not want that to happen. So they didn't, he didn't come back and do it. Uh, he was afraid to, to inspect the wall during the daylight hours because of the people around him. Then I rose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my L had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no beast with me but the beast on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the jackal's well and to the dung gate, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and I turned back and entered by the valley gate, and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, and I, and I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest that were to do the work. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer disgrace. And I told them of the hand of my Elohim, which had been upon me for good, and also the words which the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. And, you know, that right there I think would be a great theme for a feast theme. Let us rise up and build. And this is something that all people have to make a decision in their life, in their family, in their work. Whatever they're doing, they have to decide that they want to rise up and build and make, and make effort to do something profitable something that we should do and uh, I think I'll stop the reading there except for maybe one other scripture in the book of Psalms the the most of the references to Jerusalem today was you know, it was history and then it was negative. But I think what we'll be reading the next time I speak, it will be very positive. And it's, to me, it's just, uh, it's one of the great things about Yahweh is his forgiveness and the ability that he has to overlook what has happened in the past and the ability that he has to bring us under his covering.
And obviously, as I read in First Peter, that is through the covering of his son, Yeshua. It says that he died once for all men, whether they were Adam or whether they're you. He died for all men so that we could be forgiven and have a covering and be brought into the presence of Yahweh in that last day. Uh, I'm going to read from Psalms and see if the worship team wants to come on up. I have uh, the 132nd Psalm. verse uh, 13 for Yahweh has chosen Zion and he has desired it for his habitation if you don't know what habitation means that means he's desired it for his house he wants to live there this is my resting place forever here I will dwell for I have desired it. And I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priest I will clothe with salvation. And her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. And there's another place that says that he will raise David up and he will be the commander of the people of Israel. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame. But upon himself his crown will shed its luster. And I think that that last part there is a, re, refers to our coming Messiah, the second coming of our Messiah. Let me read that again. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame. But upon himself his crown will shed its luster. And I get excited when I start thinking about the coming kingdom what Yahweh has in store for us all. And so, I thank you for your time today. And I hope you've been blessed by just reading some of these scriptures that that I appreciate so much. Thank you.